0: Well, good morning to those of you on campus and online. My name is Eric. I'm the student pastor here at MCC, and I'm just so glad that you chose to worship with us this morning. I have the honor of taking us into the next part of our Play and Purpose series. If you weren't here last week, I encourage you to go online and check out uh, the message Adam had for us last week. It was on this idea of and and how Sabbath reorients us in our lives to help us understand if we need more purpose or if we need to maybe lean into rest and have a little bit more fun and play in our lives. And today, we're going to specifically be talking about this idea of purpose, which I'm not going to lie to you. I think it's a little bit ironic and hilarious even that I, the student pastor, am talking about purpose, right? Like, let's level with each other for a minute. Like, my job is throwing dodgeballs at kids' faces and eating pizza, right? Like, that's what I do, right? Uh, just this past week, I went and saw Dr. Strange in the Multiverse of Madness with a group of middle school boys and their small group leader. Like, I got paid to go do that. It was fun. Like, I love my job. It's great. But we have moments like today, Graduation Sunday, right, which are full of purpose, right? We have things in our student ministry that are full of purpose, even such as going to see a movie with a bunch of middle school boys had purpose as we did it. And this morning, we're going to be talking about the importance purpose plays in our life, because if we're honest with one another, there's always been this longing in each one of our lives for something more. Maybe this hunger of something you're constantly chasing after. And all of us end up asking that question at one point or another, where do we find our purpose? And for some of us, we've placed our purpose in incredibly good things. For some of us, we place our purpose in our family, and our family is incredibly good. It's a gift from God. Some of us, however, have placed our purpose in our jobs, which is also an incredibly good thing, right? Like, it's good to have a good job, and it's good to work hard at your job, but some of us, our purpose is found in chasing the next paycheck or the next promotion or the next title so that we're constantly working to achieve more. Some of us, it's in our relationships and either being a great spouse or a great significant other to somebody. For others of us, it's just about our hobbies and what fun that we can have in our life, right? It's about buying the next nicest thing or the next toy or going out on the next vacation. For some of us, we find our purpose in those moments. But there's a hard truth about all of those things, no matter how good they might be a hard truth that you and I have to wrestle with, and it's found in Ecclesiastes 1, verse 2, where it says this, Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. Utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. That's a pretty dark way to start off a Sunday morning. Gosh. And the word meaningless is important there, but... The way we view meaningless in our Western worldview is not how meaningless is actually being said there. If I were to say meaningless to you, you would think it has no purpose. It could be thrown away and it's garbage. If we were to think of that as our families or our jobs or our hobbies or any other thing in our life that is good and a gift from God, that would frustrate us. But the actual word here in Hebrew that is being used is hevel. It's a Hebrew word, that means smoke, vapor, or mist. So the author is actually saying, hevel, hevel, everything is hevel, which means smoke, smoke, everything is smoke. It's the analogy of chasing after the wind. These things that we root our purpose in, they're here one moment and gone the next. Anyone who's been laid off from a job or anyone who's gone through some family struggles knows That it's here one moment and it's gone the next. In Ecclesiastes, the author would continue on with this idea. He says, What do people gain from all their labors at which they toil under the sun? Generations come and generations go, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises and the sun sets and hurries back to where it rises. The wind blows to the south and it turns to the north. Round and round it goes, ever returning on its course. All streams flow into the sea, yet the sea is never full. To the place the streams come from, they return again. All things are wearisome, more than one can say. The eye never has enough seeing, nor the ears its fill of hearing. What has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything at which one can say, look, this is something new. It was already here long ago. It was here before our time. No one remembers the former generations. And even those yet to come will not be remembered by those who follow them. The tough truth this morning that we have to wrestle with is these things that we try and find purpose in our lives only leave us hungry and wanting for more. When we're constantly chasing after purpose in these things of our families or our jobs or our hobbies we constantly find ourselves with an appetite for more it doesn't satisfy us and that doesn't feel like good news but there is an incredible good news this morning is that jesus has come to satisfy the hunger for purpose in your life john 10:10 says this the thief has come to only steal kill and destroy but i have come that you may have life And have it to the full. This morning, we're going to uncover how a life of purpose is centered on Jesus. And how for you and I to be satisfied in this life and to live a life worth living, a life to the full, it starts with a life centered on Jesus and where we find our purpose. And I think no story does better to illustrate this in Scripture than a story found in Mark chapter 2. In Mark chapter 2, it's very early on in Jesus' ministry. He is walking along, and he comes to the scene where he finds a tax collector sitting in a tax collector booth. And it says this, Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake, and a large crowd came to him, and he began to teach to them. And as he walked alongside, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector booth. It's important we stop here, and recognize the context of what's happening here. And we recognize the importance of who Levi is. Because it could be easy to brush past this moment and ignore some important things about Levi. Levi is a Jewish man, a well educated Jewish man. To be a tax collector, he had to be smart. Tax collectors in those days were known as cheaters and swindlers. They would oftentimes charge people more so that they could lie in their own pockets. And so, Scripture doesn't tell us if Levi is a cheater or not, or if he was one of those tax collectors, but he sure did associate with those who would. That's who Levi is. It's also too very important to remember that at this time, Israel is being occupied by Rome. And Levi doesn't work for the Jewish government, he works for Rome who is occupying and oppressing Israel. And so Levi, well-educated Jewish man, who knows what the law requires of him, who knows what the scriptures say, because he would have been taught it from birth, is working in a profession that was known to cheat people and is working for what everyone would have considered the enemy as he sits at this tax collector booth. And along shows up Jesus. Jesus is just walking by. And when Jesus enters into our story, we're all faced with a choice. Each one of us, when Jesus enters into our story for that first time, each and every one of us are faced with the choice of what will we do with the good news of Jesus? What will we do with this call that Jesus gives Levi and that he gives us as well? where it says, Jesus is walking and he sees Levi calls to him and he says, follow me, Jesus told him. And Levi got up and followed him. The thing you and I have to ask ourselves is if Jesus walks by and calls us, will we follow him? Because this moment that Levi shows us and that scripture tells us in this story shows us that not only is a life of purpose centered on who Jesus is, but a life of purpose centered on Jesus calls us to our next step. For Levi, that was getting up from his tax collector booth, leaving his job, leaving the thing that gave him purpose, community, money, to go follow this rabbi he had never met before. That was what was for Levi. And I often ask what it is for me, because I've been following Jesus for a long time. But the reality is, no matter if you're new to Jesus, and you're exploring this thing of who Jesus might be, if you've been following him for a long time, or you're still just trying to figure it out, each and every one of us has a next step in our faith journey. I love to be a regular at places. It's one of my favorite things to do. I love walking into a place and hearing everybody go, craft! Like, it makes me feel like I'm Norm from Cheers. Like, I'm just like, this is great. I love it. And I, I love that feeling of getting to connect with people I don't normally get to connect with. Because as a pastor in a church, I interact with a lot of Jesus followers all the time. Like, my life is 90% hanging out with Jesus followers. So I need to go out and hang out with people who aren't Jesus followers And so being a regular at places is one of those opportunities. I get to do that. And there's a place I go normally, it's a restaurant I go to uh, for the past two years on Sunday nights where I get dinner with a friend and we talk about student ministry, we talk about our personal relationship with Jesus and what's going on in our lives. And every couple of weeks, uh, our waitress there, who we've had the same waitress for two years, would hear us having our conversations and she would ask a question or two, about what's going on uh, in our, what are our jobs, or she would ask a question about faith or the Bible and give us her perspective on it. And this would happen for a couple of weeks recently until eventually she looked at us and said, hey, can we, can we meet up for coffee and like have a conversation about what scripture says? And like, I have a lot of questions. Like, I, I want to just have a conversation with you. And so me and my volunteer, we went out and we met up with this waitress at a coffee shop. And she brought a notebook full of questions. Like, it was awesome. Like, she opened it up and she's like, I'm prepared. And I was like, okay. I didn't realize I was a professor today. And so I got to, and me and my friend, we got to have this conversation for two hours at this coffee shop. Just talking about who Jesus is, answering her questions in scripture. But it started because we were taking the next steps in our own lives. It started because we were taking the next step by having a relationship together where we could ask each other personal questions about who Jesus is to us and how we want to live. It's because we live like Jesus followers not only at church on Sunday, but out in the world as well. And so for those of us who've been following Jesus for a long time, our next step is to share that good news. But also, for those of you Who have not yet figured out who Jesus is, your next step is to take the posture of the waitress and to come with your questions, to come with your wonder, and to just ask. Levi took his next step even after following Jesus, too. So, what I love about Levi's story is that it doesn't end with Levi just walking off and him following Jesus, there's a party right afterwards. It says this, if I can find it, there we go. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed Jesus. And when the teachers of the law who were Pharisees saw him eating with sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. In this passage, Levi gets so excited that he has been called by a rabbi to follow him, that he can't help but bring everybody else with him. He can't help but grab every tax collector and sinner and prostitute that he knows to bring them to the feet of Jesus for a party so that they might hear this good news as well. Levi steps into this moment of what simply is called discipleship. And we learn that a life of purpose is not only centered on Jesus, not only calls us to our next step, but calls us to discipleship. Levi was willing to get his hands dirty and messy to show people who Jesus is. A lot like a middle schooler. I get the pleasure of working with students, and I, ser- I love my job. It's seriously one of the best jobs in the world. And what's funny is that middle schoolers, while oftentimes can be some of the uh, most aloof personalities in the room, right, not really sure what's going on, are also some of the most ready to jump in and just take a chance. Over the past two years, we've had several students, both in middle school and high school, who have either baptized their friends or who have led their friends to Jesus just by being in relationship with them. This year alone, we had a student who was baptized by her cousin, and we had another student baptize her sister because of the relationship that they were living with each other and because of who Jesus was to them. And we all most likely remember middle school. We didn't have it perfect. Some of you have middle schoolers. You know they're not perfect. You know they're messy, right? But despite it being messy and despite it being rough and despite them not having all the answers, they dived in headfirst anyway. Because they believe this guy named Jesus radically changed their life and they want their friends to experience that same radical life transformation. But so often, as adults, we start calculating the risk. We start wondering. We go, ah, I don't know. What will people think of me? Ah, uh, I don't know. I don't have all the answers. I'm be real with you. When I met with that waitress, I didn't have all the answers to some of her questions. I went to Bible college. Like, I don't have all the answers. But the posture of a middle schooler and the posture of Levi teach us that it's not about having all the answers. It's about pointing people back to the one who does. His name is Jesus. And Levi would go and he would follow Jesus for three years before Jesus died. And then afterwards, Levi would go off and he would be a disciple who made disciples. And this guy, Levi, would end up writing the Gospel of Matthew that we find in Scripture. And some of the last words written in the Gospel of Matthew are this. Matthew twenty eight, sixteen through 20. It says, The eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Surely I am with you to the very end of the age. That call that Matthew gives and that Jesus gives in that moment that Matthew records is for us to go and make disciples. And so this morning, we find ourselves in one of two places. Are we in the posture of Levi? going out and bringing as many people along as possible into this journey that Jesus has called us to. Because our family is a good thing, our job is a good thing, our hobbies are good things, but they don't fulfill us. But this guy named Jesus says he can and he's done it in my life. And so I want to bring people along the journey so that they might see that he can do it in theirs. Are you willing to step into that? And for some of you, It's time to take the posture of the waitress. To ask so that you may begin and start to build your relationship with Jesus, to start asking somebody for help so that you can figure out who this Jesus guy might be in your life. But today, all of us have a next step to find our lives either centered on Jesus so that we might find our purpose because a life of purpose is centered on Jesus it's where we take our next step, and it leads us to discipleship. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to say thank you. You are a God who shows up in amazing ways to redeem us, to heal us, and to give us purpose. God, let our lives be centered on you, not on what we want not on the things of this world, but solely on you. Lord, we love you and we thank you. It's in your son's name I pray. Amen. Each week we come back to communion. And this morning I'm reminded of a verse, it's Romans 5, 8. It says, for while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, while we were still messed up, While we were still sitting in our tax collector booth, Jesus was willing to die for us. And so each week we come to the bread, which represents his body that was nailed to the cross for you and I. Let us take together. And each week we're reminded of the juice, which represents the blood. That was shed for our sins, for the forgiveness of our sins. Because at our darkest moment, the thing we regret the most, Jesus looks at you and says, I died for that, and I love you. Let us drink together.